Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Hour number two. Welcome to all of you, though, that are now on the network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders as well. And uh, to everybody watching on the live stream today, too. Big, uh, big numbers on the live stream today. Good stuff. A lot of people interested in Brewers baseball and reactions and such. And good to have everybody here. And uh, not a great night at the ballpark last night. You saw some good things. You saw some bad things. And then you ultimately walk away with a loss and an empty feeling and now your backs are against the wall. Joining us now, uh, you catch him on the pre and the post. And uh, also uh, a former Brewers pitcher as well, Tim Dillard is now joining us. Tim, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? We're good. I mean, obviously, as fans, we, we wish for a better outcome last night. But you wake up today with a lot of optimism, hope, and anxiety, I think, at this point. Is that what you wake up with uh, if you're uh, you know, a player and you're coming out of your bed this morning and you've got optimism, anxiety, and hope? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there were some good things and there were some bad things. And I, I think they're going to bounce back, of course. But, uh, yes, I think they wake up and they're probably like, well, what did we, what, what just happened last night? Like, what did we do? Why did we play like this? Um, because, you know, honestly, it looked a lot like when, after they got the postseason burst, they ended up playing two really tough-looking games, actually maybe three tough-looking games before they finally clinched the division. Uh, two games in Miami and then one against the Cubs at home. Uh, and they played super tight. Like they just played a little uneasy and they made some strange mistakes that they really hadn't done all year. And that's kind of what last night looked like. And anyway, I think they'll be right back on track uh, come tonight. Uh, but I mean, in some ways they shut down the running game, but in other ways made mistakes on the mound. So, um, but there'll be a lot of stuff that they can fix really quick. I I agree with you because last night they actually hit the ball. We talk about 12 hits and putting runners on in every inning. It's You don't see them usually run themselves out of innings. And one of the cardinal sins is making outs on the base paths, and they did that last night. And I, I equate that to kind of a turnover in football. You know, it's such a game changer because not only does it take the opportunity to score runs off the board, but it also, especially at home, it deflates your crowd. And it, you kind of go, oh, man, we had an opportunity and we wasted it, and it took, for, it took so much for us to get there. So you're hoping tonight that nothing like that happens, but you also have to give it up to Longoria. My God, for the couple of plays that he had, for what he did last night at his age, he still got it, man, and made some spectacular plays. And you got to give it up to Arizona as well, right? Yeah, I mean, single-handedly, I think Evan Longoria just won it with defense. I mean, Tyrone Taylor has been on fire. And look look at the way to get him out. You know, you're trying to rob what could have been easily a single, some runs, you know, no telling what happens after that. Uh, and for him to make that play and then uh, later on the dive and then turn it into a double play, like all that kind of stuff is just, uh, I mean, they have you have to have big plays like that in the postseason. That's how you win ball games. Uh, but yeah, I've never, I haven't been a fan of Evan Longoria ever since he hit a double off me in uh, double A. <laughs> <laughs> ever since then, man, I'm like, this guy, uh, he's just good. He's just good. And, and he showed it last night. And that's, we always talk about veteran leadership. Like it takes plays like that from someone uh, that's done it thousands of times. And that was a difference maker out of all the other take away, all the other uh, mistakes or whatever. Uh, the game could have still happened uh, the right way for the Brewers had it been for a play or two from Longoria. Uh, let me ask you about a team that might have, you know, five out of seven now, the, the Diamondbacks have won this season against the Brewers. Sometimes a team has your number for whatever reason. Do you ever get that feeling as a player in a clubhouse? Uh, not really. Not really. I mean, you, you try to 
they, they played each other a little while back, so you can't really factor that in of like, okay, this is the exact same team. Brewers are not the exact same team. So uh, that's kind of the way you look at it. You know, when's the last time we faced the club? Um, had they been playing the Marlins in this series, they probably would have, you know, approached them a little differently than they did just recently, you know, a week ago. So um, I think that plays a factor sometimes, but I don't know. I mean, there's different matchups. Look at what the Brewers do to the Reds. Nobody can really explain that other than the Brewers love playing the Reds. But there's been different players that do good. So I don't know. I don't know if they have their number or not, uh, but didn't bring out the best when it came to uh, just some mistakes and just, you know, not taking advantage, like getting guys on base and then punching out. Like that's not going to do much good. And to me, another big play was the fact that the ball was uh, reviewed and they said it didn't hit Bryce Terang. Like that right there, you no telling what happens after that. But it seemed like at every corner when the Diamondbacks needed something to happen, it happened for them. Uh, I want to ask you as a player in, a, in that clubhouse, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk fan-wise about how Craig Council not having a contract going in the next season, how this affects the team. And I, I've always said, look, once you go between the lines, it's about the ball in play, it's about you, and it's about what you do. It's, it's not, you're not sitting at the plate thinking about whether or not Craig Council is going to be there. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm putting away groceries right now, man. And, and I, all I can think is Craig Council's contract status, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, uh, the best take I've heard on it, uh, Brian Anderson was talking about it. And, you know, we don't know. The only person that knows what he wants to do is probably him and maybe his family. So uh, to speculate is exactly what it is. It's just speculation. But um, I, I think he's doing it. I, I think he's doing it in a really cool way because if he wants to continue, he's going to get paid. He's coming this as a free agent. That's what Brian Anderson's talking about. If you want to keep playing, then he's coming at it just like a free agent baseball player would. Bet on yourself, uh, make make some success happen, and then boom, sign a big deal. I don't foresee him going anywhere. I'll be the first one to be like, "Whoop, didn't see that coming." I don't think he'll go to the Mets. I don't think there'd be a reason to. Uh, in this in this game, you're you're kind of like nobody gets to play where they live. Nobody gets to coach where they live. You always are traveling. You're always doing something somewhere else. So he's got a really sweet gig. It'd be strange if he left. But all that to say, I think not being tethered for five years, you know, or whatever year deal, it's helping him be a good, you know, even a better manager, right? Because I think personally, if he had to be with the Brewers, you know, tethered to them for another five years, I think he'd coach a little bit different. I think he would try to, you know, keep get guys even more rest. Right, he's not going to want to run a, like a William Contreras into the ground by playing him, you know, all of the days in the last like two weeks of the season. He wouldn't have done that. He'd been like, whoa, 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 let's take it easy, man. We got a long road ahead of us for another five years. I think him mm-hmm. not being tethered is allowing him to be like, you know what, let's run this thing. And if you know if it backfires, whatever, I don't have to be here next year. But I think it all worked out. And if he wants to sign back, it'll it'll be a pretty big deal. What has to happen tonight for this team to win? I mean, uh, you talk about playing in a clutch situation. Obviously, you know to, there is no tomorrow if you lose. So you, you come into this thing a little bit tight as well. But give me your thoughts going into this game this evening. What has to happen? Uh, Peralta has to be on top of his game. He just does. Um, he he has to. And everything's going to stem from that. If he can, uh, you know, go deep into the ball game, five or six innings of, of one-run ball, uh, this team could easily score five. I know Zach Gallen's going to be more rested than he would have been if he had pitched on three days rest. And But at the same time, he will make mistakes, and the team's been good. And they've gotten hits. You know, you look at multiple hits. Look at what – just reaching base. 
Um, eight different batters reach base in the original nine guys that started the lineup. And when the Brewers get, you know, that kind of production, they have one of the biggest discrepancies with win losses. So last night was kind of a rarity. But this team has been getting on base and for the most part been scoring runs. So for them, it's, it's, if it comes down to it, it's a close game, look for a little bit more small ball. Like we've seen it a little bit. Uh, but I, I look for that. Look for the big moment where they need a run, someone to do something pretty amazing. And, and it may not seem amazing. It may be a sack fly or a sack bunt. But, uh, but I think they know the assignment, and they're going to correct it. How much, if anything, did uh, the announcement of Woodruff and the emotions that he showed, I mean, that, that takes the wind out of your sails a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, my, I talked to my mom. My mom <laughs> called me and was like, what does this mean? Do you think this affects anything? And my dad played in the big leagues. My dad coached forever. And I said the same thing before I even knew what my dad said. I'm like, players don't think that way. Like, players are bummed because they love Woodruff. I've been his teammate. I know how good of a teammate he is. I know how talented he is, talented he is as a player. Um, but this is part of baseball. You don't get to the big leagues without, you know, all, some way, at some point one of your teammates getting injured or not being able to participate. So you just keep going. That's it. You show up to the field and it's like, oh, well, this guy can't play. And you're like, oh, man, that's a bummer. But you still prepare and you get ready to beat the team that you're playing. Um, so, I, I mean, I, to sit there and say that it, like, demoralizes, you know, or like, oh, no, they can't do this now because, no, I don't think Woodruff would even say that. He's going to be like, no, man, they can do it without me. I'd love to be there, but this is a talented group besides me. And I think that's what you want to hear. What's uh, What's been the success for the turnaround? By the way, we're talking with Tim Dillard, and you can find him at Dim Tillard over on Twitter, uh, the former Brewers pitcher, also part of the pre- and the post-game show as well over on Bally's. What has been the turnaround for Christian Yelich this season? Um, I think healthy. And he made a, gr- a great point during his presser the other day. He said, if you want to stay in this game a long time, you got to make adjustments. And I, and I've brought this up a lot. Listen, if you're a big leaguer, you get to be a big leaguer because in some ways you are super stubborn, and you should be. Kids, if you're out there listening and you do something and you're successful with it, get after it. Continue to do that. Don't let a coach sit there and go, well, you got to do this, you got to do this. But when you don't get the results that you want, eventually you have to come to grips and go, okay, well, there's something different I need to find out. And I think that's what we saw from Yelich. We're talking about a guy that had the pinnacle of success, and then it didn't work, and you wonder why. And then it's the, the, the fight. Okay, do I make an adjustment or not? So he ended up going back to a toe tap, and it ends up getting his barrel in the zone faster. So fastballs that he was late on, suddenly he's on time for, and that power to left field comes back. Plus, mix that in with the limitations on the shift. All of a sudden, the balls that he's hitting through the four hole are base hits. And what happens? He's on base more. He's healthy. He steals bags. So you're starting to see that just because he was willing to make an adjustment. Um, And sometimes guys make adjustments too early. I don't think that's talked about enough either. You know, a guy goes a week and he has a tough week, and all of a sudden he's trying to reconstruct everything he's ever done. That's not healthy either. So there's a fine balance between making too many adjustments uh, or not making any. And uh, I think he, I think he finally made some, you know, a couple of really good adjustments just with mechanically with his swing and a little bit with his approach. Who has to? Is there somebody you look to as a guy in that dugout to say, okay, this guy has got to, you know, we always use the term step up, which I think is a cliche that is way, way, way overused. But do you think that there is somebody that needs to kind of like take the team and and say, I'm, I'll take you, you know, the jump on my back, let's go, we got this. Well, you want everyone to do that. You want everyone that steps out in that field to be like, I'm ready for this. Um, I, I one one thing I love. 
is when people that are composed get excited. Um, I, I mean, think about some of the successful teams I've been on, and you have a manager or you have a GM um, or, you know, a hitting coach. You could be a coach. You know, that stoic, like, doesn't show a lot of emotions, always in the right headspace. And then you go through an exciting moment, and they go, and they get excited. It's just, it, it adds to the, you know, the moment even more. So I, I feel like it's the guys that don't show a lot of emotion that if they start getting after it, it's going to carry over carry over i mean christian yelich doesn't really show a ton of emotion but if he got fired up on the field i think that would help you know in the right moment just guys mm -hmm. that kind of keep a level head uh when they get excited i mean it's it's exponential real quick before i let you go were you a little bit surprised like no garrett mitchell on this team after the fast start and success that he had early on and then obviously coming back from the injury were you surprised that no rowdy Telez on this roster for the postseason so far were some of these moves surprising to you or is this something you kind of expected and understand the reasoning as to why well i mean i even if there's you know a couple of moves that make that may raise your eyebrows there's always something behind the scenes that's one thing i know from the clubhouse Everything on the surface just kind of looks like, oh, this seems like a, a poor decision. But believe me, there's so many people and so much thought and effort that goes into every little decision they make. Um, I was kind of surprised Rowdy wasn't on there, honestly. Um, but at the same time, I think Garrett Mitchell, if they go to the next round, he could easily be your guy. I, I do love the fact that Joey Weimer's on there. I think Joey Weimer missed out on the two celebrations for a guy that played five months with this team and played such a pivotal role. Uh, I'm so glad that he's back. Uh, Owen Miller didn't know if that was coming or not, kind of waiting to see. But I think the best decision out of all of it was having Tyrone Taylor in right field and that Craig Council recognizing how good he has been lately, uh, clearly with the defense, but obviously with the bat now. Um, I, I think that was a genius move. And I don't know, I would say even maybe a week ago, he probably wouldn't have done that. So kudos to him. And I think, it's, I think they went with the best lineup they had, and it just didn't work out for game one. Tim, good stuff. Look forward to tonight as well, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a win, and then we'll get you back on real soon. Great stuff, man. I certainly appreciate it, okay? Yeah. I mean, if they win, you got to have me back on, correct? Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, you get it? Absolutely. When it comes yeah. to baseball, it's like watching Bull Durham, man. You don't F with a streak. You keep on the streak. You keep that damn straight. All right, buddy. We'll bring you All back, right. okay? All right. <laughs> All right, pal. Talk to you later. There you go. Tim Dillard joining us. And you can find him at Dim Tillard, D-I-D as in dog, D-I-M Tillard, as he reverses the letters over on X or Twitter. And uh, the former Brewers pitcher pre and post game over on Bally's joining us for a couple of minutes. Man, he's good. Good stuff and a great uh, lump of insight from inside that clubhouse as well let's do this we're going to step out we're going to take a quick break and hopefully if uh, you had questions maybe he answered some of them if not maybe we can uh if you got some things coming up uh, regarding tonight but good stuff from uh, our friend tim dillard and we got to get him on a whole lot more man he's good this portion brought to you by our friends at burn pit barbecue burn pit bbq.com i used it last night between you me and the fence post i did not do the brats thing i did uh, some barbecue burgers and i took some of their hot sauce and my buddy Jeff Stoley, uh, Jeff over at Stoley's Hog Alley, had brought me some potato chips, some of their really good chips, the Saratoga chips, as I like to call them. And I took the couple of burgers, put some of that barbecue sauce in there, and then I took the chips, and I heated up a little bit of the, uh, the barbecue sauce. And I was dipping the chips in there, and that was what I was munching on last night, sitting outside watching a game. What a spectacular night, weather-wise and setup-wise. Now, the outcome was not what I wanted, but... 
Man, it was a burn pit barbecue night, that's for sure. I got the ground beef and such down at uh, our friends down at Robert's Specialty Meats, and I was using the chips from Stoli's Hog. I was combining everybody last night. It was awesome, man. I, I had a couple of beers uh, from our friends at Point Brewing, Cider Boys. They had a couple of those, and then I had a little bit of the Blantons last night. I was hoping to celebrate. Didn't happen, but still, maybe tonight, maybe it's a prelude for a little bit later on this evening. Uh, we have the huddle tonight, 6-8, to eight, but I'll be definitely watching the game here in the studio and then after the fact as well. Burn Pit, BBQ.com. That is Burn Pit, BBQ.com from right here in the state of Wisconsin. And veteran-owned they are. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Hey, I've uh, told you numerous times about the water softening system that I have in my home, and it's the Connecticut water softening system. I was introduced to this years and years ago, and I swear by it. To this day, I swear by it. I had uh, another water softening, two of them, as a matter of fact, two different water softening systems that were name brands and supposedly the best, and uh, the service was garbage. And I ended up literally cutting it out of my house and threw it out into the front yard and said, come and get it. Because uh, it was a rental uh, system. And they couldn't believe I did that. And I'm like, I, I don't care. Your service sucks, and the water softener is not doing what it's supposed to do. And you'd been to my house. You kept charging me and charging me, and it wasn't going to happen anymore. And I ran into the group at the water doctors. And that Connecticut water softening system, not only has the service been impeccable, but it's been basically maintenance-free, short of pouring some salt in there. And it's by far the best system I have ever had. And I swear by it. I have it in my home. And I have, this is my third home now, and I take it with me everywhere I go. I just put something in the house just to have it over at the old places, uh, and then they can change it out if they want to. But this Connecticut system is, is unbelievable, and I love it, and I've sworn by this. So if you're looking for the best water softening system out there and you want to work with a company that does a lot of things for veterans, that's our friends at the Water Doctors. Go to H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com, or call my buddy John. Directly anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, call him 262 549 7733. 262 549 7733, and they can help you out. 262 549 7733. And let's say they don't uh, come to Lacrosse, or let's say they don't come to Green Bay. Doesn't matter. They'll get you in touch with the good people who do, and they'll make sure that you're taken care of. That's, that's the way John does it. So 
just good people over there at the Water Doctors. So thanks to them for being a part of the program, uh, very much so. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, uh, by all means, go ahead and do it. Um, <clears throat> Paul says, hey, Stokes is back. Another defensive uh, back, high draft pick uh, that can't catch or find the ball in the air. Um, Paul, Eric Stokes did not have a good season last year, but the season prior when Jair went down, he had a hell of a season. Ended up getting banged up last year. He had a hell of a season. Um, so I'm looking forward to when he does come back and he is on the field full time. So right now we'll wait and see. I look, Hey, if you've got a bunch of guys in the secondary that are knocking the ball down, I'm good with that. But there are times when it hits you in the hands, you have to, you have to be able to bring it down. I agree with that. You can't keep wasting opportunities. 100%. Um, Ronald says the team chemistry of the Brewers was changed with the makeup of this roster? I don't know if I totally believe that. Um, Could you say the team chemistry changed when Woodruff went down? You know, you can tell, but, but like Tim Dillard says, look, team chemistry doesn't mean anything once you hit the field. It it just doesn't. Uh, there's an energy and such maybe before you take the field and an energy in the clubhouse uh, after the fact or something or whatever. But I, baseball's different. It just is. Um, very rarely do you have to have the familiarity with a guy next to you, whether it's a center fielder working with a left fielder or a right fielder and vice versa or a shortstop and such with – with something else, whatever. Uh, very rarely does that happen. So I, I, I don't uh, team chemistry. I can understand. I, I, I can in the clubhouse, but I don't know how much that affects you in an everyday game overall. Bill, I think chemistry and momentum; those are important things to a degree. Like you said, and I think this yeah. week is such a bummer because unlike in 2021 when the Brewers kind of limped to the finish line a little bit, I thought the final weekend was awesome. They had that Caleb Bosley outing and win on Friday night, which was such a great moment. And then right, they won right. on Sunday and they beat the Cubs and it was at home. And I thought they had so much great juice for what it's worth. I think it's worth a little. And then the Woodruff injury just killed it. Just, just right. killed it. And I'm not using that as an excuse, but it felt like this team had good vibes and then the Woodruff injury ruined that. That I, that I would agree with. I, I would say team chemistry was more brought down by maybe team chemistry or emotion was more brought down by the Woodruff news than anything. But I don't know if I'd go along with it was just everything was killed because of the uh, the way the roster was set up. And let's be honest. I mean, they bring guys that are there uh, to the roster, so to speak. They've all played together. It's not like they haven't played together before. It's not like you just bring somebody up out of the blue. And say, oh, by the way, you're making the making the postseason roster. So I, the, these are all guys that have played together already. So I don't know if I – I mean, if there's a guy that you really believe deserves to be there and he's not there and everybody in that clubhouse looks around like, what are you doing and why are you doing this? That I understand. But I don't think they made that kind of a move, to be perfectly honest with you. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. Tommy says, uh, going to be there loud and proud tonight. The Brewers fans got kind of quiet in the fourth inning last night. I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, hopefully they bring it this evening. They're going to need every bit of energy in that building this evening. Tommy, I 
<laughs> energy is something that feeds back and forth. I don't I'm not going to sit here and and downplay the fans ability to energize if you will in whatever non-sabermetric measurable fans can bring. But I'm also not going to say, well, the fans didn't bring it after the fourth or fifth inning because there was opportunities when this team had chances to score and the fans certainly got up. You could hear them, at least via the broadcast. You could hear them, both radio and and TV. And you could hear how electric that building was starting out last night. Here's the one thing that I – and I I will agree with you on. Tonight's it. you got to bring it tonight. Tonight's the night you go nuts if you're a Brewers fan. Go bananas. And because this, you know, for fans, for players, it's a win or go home. You know, you win or we all start talking about spring training in the offseason. So tonight's the night. If you're going to bring it as a fan, you're going to get crazy and nuts and and beverages in the air and, and you know, tailgating and everything that's going to go along with it, that entire experience, that begins tonight. I'm not anti-Mark Atanasio. I'd like him to stay till the end of the game. Let's let's not leave early with your posse. Did you see that video last night, Bill? Yeah, yeah, and not good. yeah, not a good look. Because in other words, your owner was giving up. So why should you even have faith? So I, I agree. And maybe he had somewhere to go. Maybe he was going to go downstairs and want to be the first guy to be in that tunnel to you know, hey, kind of pep his guys up. So if he left and he said, hey, I wanted to get downstairs. I wanted to see their faces. I wanted to shake their hands. I wanted to be in the clubhouse. I wanted to be in that tunnel. Okay, I get it. But if you wanted to get out of there because you didn't want to be a part of the rush leaving the building last night, then that's, for lack of a better term, that's garbage. Good point. So Yeah. He might have been sneaking yeah. off to do something. I, it reminded me of, like, during the pandemic when politicians would be caught eating at restaurants when no yep. one else could be. And it's, like, look, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Like, you're probably not going to kill anyone eating at a restaurant, but it's the perception of everyone else. It's like, well, exactly. if you're going to do this. Exactly. I don't exactly. know. It's just a bad look. 100%. 100%. Uh, by the way, I was told uh, one quick thing. We did talk about the Sunset Grill coming up tonight. Uh, tonight is Whiskey and Wings Wednesday with the Brewers on the big screen. So uh, the Whiskey and Wings Wednesday taking place over there. They wanted me to make sure that uh, I let you know that. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show. We uh, we continue on. Hey, about our uh, why don't we remind you about our friends over there at Lux Golf Bays, and uh, you still have time to get your golf game on and to keep your swing lively. Uh, but they have all kinds of stuff over there at the Rock Complex in Franklin. Uh, whether it's Franklin Field and all the different things that they do there, the Umbrella Bar, uh, which is going to be closing uh, eventually here. And then uh, <laughs> as soon as the weather changes, uh, hopefully not too soon, but they're going to start making some snow for the snow hill over there. Uh, they have uh, the Blend Bar, uh, the new pizzeria they have uh, just put in over there. They've got workout facilities. I mean, there's so many different things, but Lux Golf Bays is fantastic. And I've had a lot of people that have gone there and have enjoyed themselves and uh, there's been a few team building things uh, for some businesses that I know of in town that have gone down there, and uh, you know people have just swung the clubs and had a blast. But 
Lux Golf Bays, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com, located down there in Franklin, uh, Wisconsin. But a great place to go, good people down there, too. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, 877-867-1670, Johnny O says, Bill and Grant, great uh, intro to the program today. While I was out running errands, I was taking a listen. Thank you, as always. Council is not the best manager in baseball. Uh, he and Burns, though, will probably be both in New York uniforms next year. You can bank on it. Uh, hand orange covering eyes. Not the best manager in baseball. I wonder what prompts that. I mean, record-wise, he certainly has been one of the better managers in baseball. And he has done it probably with sometimes less talent than other teams. So when you say he's probably he's not the best manager in baseball, what prompts that? Because you can look at it. Every manager gets second guessed. Everyone. Baseball managers, head coaches, they all get second guessed. Very rarely do they push every button perfectly. And what really gets people, uh, you know, amped is when something glaring happens, they blame the manager. You know? Uh, they'll blame it on a lack of discipline or a lack of hitting or this and that and not knowing situations or they'll always second guess pitching moves, which every manager does. But um, he talks about decisions. Winker being on the roster, mismanaging Garrett Mitchell in April, prolonged his injury, in my opinion. Um, in April? Go back to Garrett Mitchell playing throughout spring training. That's what spring training is for. And Garrett Mitchell, correct me if I'm wrong, went down diving for a baseball. I I, I think if you pound for pound put, you know, th- that's like saying going back to when Giovanni Gallardo went to cover first base on a, a rainy day in Chicago. He tore up his knee like uh, that's his that <laughs> manager shouldn't have pitched him on that particular day. And you know, no, no. We've just seen some freak things happen to the Milwaukee Brewers. And as far as the roster goes, it's not just Craig Council. I mean, Matt Arnold, bench coaches, management, everybody gets in on that. Scouts get in on that. What will and will not work, who maybe he has had success with. Um, you know, I mean, Jesse Winker just being on this team was not a Craig Council decision. You know, you can go. You can go all the way back to putting, you know, Winker and him taking a spot. So I, I mean, I get it. I understand you can, but but you just gave me one example. But ultimately, last night he had a team that had twelve base knocks, had guys on in every inning, couldn't come up with a big hit, ran themselves out of innings, and made some uncustomary. Uh, mistakes and played a little tight and man, you know Craig Council is about the most calmest chill dude there is so it's not like they took the the tightness from him you know so then again couldn't you say that Contreras has had a hell of a year because of Council could we say that could we say that sticking with Christian Yelich and and you know hit, you know the concentration on getting healthy and playing him the way they did, did did that not contribute to him having a successful season, sticking with Willie Adamas, knowing the statistics that when and, and as Willie Adamas goes, the Brewers go? 
you know, can you not then turn around and say, well, if he didn't do something right with Garrett Mitchell, then why would you play Sal Freelich like this? I mean, you can't you can't look at it that way. I mean, it's one thing if he played him every day for the entire season. At the end of the year, he ended up with an injury. But this is this is April, for God's sake! You just came out of spring training. Spring training and the off season is what gets you into shape to play in April. <laughs> you know, so no, I don't I don't go with that. Not at all. I think by the time a manager is done, you look at certain things. Um, you look at some decisions that were good, some decisions that were bad, you know, maybe postseason decisions. But then you look at the overall success of your team versus the other teams in your division. You look at the success of your team in your league and other teams that have bounced around because it's been the Dodgers who have a ton of money consistently near the top, the Cardinals who have been consistently near the top, or the Cubs, both big market, bigger market teams. And then it's been Atlanta or Philadelphia that has been on the receiving end. Even Washington at times has been on the receiving end of positivity over in that division. But for the most part, it's been the constant of the Milwaukee Brewers under Craig Council. And then you look at, you know, markets like New York. They went out and spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this high-end talent. And Craig Council, total wins-wise, outmanaged them all. So, no, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not as good as people believe. I think he's really good. And I think to win a World Series is – when you talk about managing in a World Series, it really comes down to maybe a couple of moves. The rest of the time, it's the, payer, the, play, the players that you're paying to do their job. It's probably one of the least uh, intricate sports when it comes to the head coach and or manager – um, once you get into the game, other than the manipulation of the bullpen that you can possibly have. you Because sabermetrics will tell you once you put your lineup together and statistics and such, once you put your lineup together, after that it's up to the guys. It's not like you can – I mean, you can certainly talk about, hey, a guy likes to take a ball uh, on a, you know, a change-up pitcher, we'll say – Instead of getting around on it and yanking it down the left field line, this is a guy that nine times out of ten on a changeup pitcher will slap it down the right field side or into the right center gap. So, you know, you can make adjustments and fielding adjustments. You can move guys around. There's a lot to that. But I think it just record-wise, you look what he's done with the talent that he's had and the payroll that he's had. I think he's done a fantastic job. 877 877-867-1670. Uh, Scott says the Mitchell injury was similar to Jimmy Nelson. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Very similar. Just diving and you pop out that shoulder and it is what it is. 100%. Mike says uh, Craig Council has no control over dumb base running mistakes. That should have been learned in Little League. Yes. That... I agree. <laughs> I mean, my first reaction when the line drive was uh, hit and you saw Longoria going into the air was don't go. Wait till it's, you know. Now you're you're hoping for a run. You know, you're at that point in time, there's an anticipation. You're thinking to yourself, man, you're going to score a run. You're going to tie this thing up. This is awesome. And, you know, there's that anticipation, and I'm sure that's what you're feeling. But if you're the baseball player, if you're the player on second base with a lead, the first thing you have to say is freeze. Don't do anything. 
Don't do anything. Even if you're just getting to third, you're moving up 90 feet. Don't do anything because it has to get through. You can't do anything if it doesn't get through. And sure enough, didn't get through. Next thing you know, double play, inning over. And that was that was the air coming out of the balloon. That was it. Uh, by the way, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to get back into the NFL. Mark Schofield uh, is going to join us of SB Nation. We'll talk with him about the rest of the NFL and what went down in week four as we are now kind of tech, kind of technically through a quarter of the season. And we'll talk to him about the same thing that we talked about yesterday, and that's some of the surprises uh, on both the positive and negative. And I didn't get to it yesterday, but later today we're going to do the power rankings for the NFL. I was supposed to do it yesterday, and we completely got sidetracked, obviously, with all the Brewers talk, and rightfully so. So today we'll have that coming up a little bit later, probably the last hour of the program. We'll get into some of the power rankings uh, in the NFL. I had it all prepared yesterday and the reasoning and everything, and it just it kind of went right into the crapper. So we'll get back to that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, this portion of the program. Uh, brought to you by our friends over there at uh, at uh, the Veterans America. And Veterans America, by the way, uh, James Mercado uh, wanted me to pass along for him, not just for myself, but from him and his staff, thanks to everybody that participated in the motorcycle ride this year, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. We had a record-breaking money year. So people kept asking, did we break the record of, of number of bikes? No, we came up a little bit short. Not much, but a little bit short. But we broke the mo- we broke the record of total money raised this year, which is fantastic. And that's really what it's all about. Next year, we'll get back at it. We'll try to get over 1,100 bikes. Uh, we fell just short with uh, about 900 and something. But we'll try to we'll try to break the monetary record. And, and, and some people ask, well, how did you break the monetary record without breaking the number of, of bikes? First of all, it was donations. Some people donated more money this year. And uh, in years past, when we had that many bikes, uh, not everybody, believe it or not, would register and pay. Some people would come down and be a part of the staging, but they'd never walk over to the tent and register. And this year, we changed it up a little bit. You could not stage your bike until you paid to get through and into the Harley-Davidson Museum grounds. So I think there was more than a few people that actually made it through and paid this year uh, to be a part of the ride, which was great. Uh, because if you have less, you have less liability, so to speak. But on the other hand, you also raised more money. But you, everybody that was there was impassioned about it, and it was awesome. So our friends at Veterans America just wanted us to say thank you. And if you are a veteran out there and you're looking for a, a home or maybe a refi, mortgage, whatever it happens to be, call them, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. Again, 262-745-3333, anywhere. In the state of Wisconsin, that is Veterans America. Own the land you defend. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. 
hurry. Take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restricted supplies. Showroom for details. Offers on 1031 If you are out and about, maybe you're going to be heading down to the ballpark tonight. You want to do a little tailgating, last-minute stuff you can find at Quick Trip. Don't forget, always use your Quick Rewards card, and you're going to have a chance, too, uh, to also maybe win a uh, Chevrolet pickup truck. They're giving one away in regards with the Packers as well. But if you're looking for some of the fare, if you will, uh, such as brats, hot dogs, all that kind of stuff, uh, buns, all the condiments you may need, whatever it happens to be, they've got it over a quick trip. So if you're going to be heading down to tailgate tonight, you can do that. You can also pick up, uh, stop into the beer cave. You can pick up some adult beverages or any other beverages for that matter. And if you're looking for the basics, whether it's bread and bread on sale right now, 99 cents a loaf, bread, milk, eggs, butter, bananas, whatever it happens to be, hot food, cold food. I mean, I can go on and on. The take-home meals are awesome. So check out our friends at Quick Trip. Uh, they are happy to help, and as they say, we'll see you next time. But uh, our friends at Quick Trip always remind you, use your Quick Rewards card. There's always something there for you. Always, always something there for you. Whatever it happens to be, something on special or or something to get registered for, a chance to win. I mean, just so many different cool things that they do over there at Quick Trip. And thanks to them for being a big part of the program. And they have been for a long time, so we certainly appreciate it. Uh the uh, Dave says, as bad as I want to see the Packers win on Monday night, I will be okay with a loss if it costs Joe Barry his job. The bye week is the perfect opportunity to make a change before it's too late, even if they win. But the Raiders run the ball on them. I would take the change. That is from Dave. We'll talk about um, that in the NFL coming up after the top of the hour. Our buddy Mark Schofield is going to join us from SB Nation. But I would be really surprised, not shocked, but really surprised if Joe Barry lost his job during the bye week. It's just not the way it's done. Uh, it's just not. I I really Matt Lafleur. Uh, I think if it comes to over the self scout that they've had, has probably relayed to Joe Barry, the intent and intentions of what it is maybe they need to do. Now, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what that entails, uh, but it's not all Joe Barry. As much as it pains me to say that, it's just not. We go back to, you know, looking at last night in the Brewers and running themselves out of innings and, you know, some base running mistakes and such and not coming up with clutch hits and, and, and things like that. Joe Barry has had at times guys in the right place at the right time to make plays, and they just didn't. You know, I philosophically we can agree that I am not a death by a thousand cuts guy, but there have been times, and we've talked with other guys about this, where they're running man, they're running man, press coverage, guys go get them. And at times they just haven't done it. It's, you know, it's 
the the one thing regarding a defensive coordinator is you are always fans always want to fire you. Always want to fire you because even if you've got a great defense, and we'll say like you know um, Dallas, Dallas is a great defense, right? Doubt that that game against the Arizona Cardinals when the defense wasn't as stellar and the Cardinals were able to able to do some things on them. You know, people still wanted Dan Quinn fired. Dan Quinn's lost it. He took his foot off the gas. You know, like, wait a minute. <laughs> Two weeks ago, for the first few weeks of the season, he was the best thing to, uh, you know, ever take over the defense. You know, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and everybody that uh, were performing over there, Malik Hooker and everything, and, and, oh, my God, he's put him in the right place at the right time. He's a genius, and that's the best defense in the National Football League. And then all of a sudden they face Arizona, everybody wants him fired. So I'm not discounting it. I'm just simply saying that it usually doesn't happen midseason unless things are really, really, really bad. Really bad. We'll talk about that coming up after the top of the hour as well. Uh, Like I said, Mark Schofield right around the corner, just a couple of minutes away. We're going to talk with him about the NFL. We'll talk with him uh, about, you know, this this Packers team that has had – you know, they're, uh, they're a touchdown away, a score away, a field goal away from being, you know, 3-1. and one. And they're also a field goal away and a score away from being 1-3. and three. How good are they, really? We'll get into that discussion when we come back. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. <laughs> 